0: This is Tom from Wrong Rocket. <laughs> and Chris from Tabletops and Tentacles. From where? Tabletops and, and Tentacles. tentacles. Tabletops tentacles. and Tentacles. What comes first, or deeply the tabletop dapper. or the tentacle? Well, you got to have a table to put the tentacle on, right? Also, tentacles tend to smash <laughs> tables, don't they? Yeah, yeah, if they're big enough. It depends on how big they are. OK, we're agreed. Release the
1: <laughs>
2: Kraken.
0: Michael. So, so narrative, Mike. Mike, how the hell are you? Uh, I've seen
2: better days. I've seen worse ones. That's a fair and assessment. Up with me. My I miss
0: your misspent youth I have a question what's the status of your uh, your uh, primary support system in your body what's your um oh my
2: Otherwise, spine it's betraying yeah.
0: me yes yeah. it happened?
2: has uh, don't know probably just misspent youth I just one of the one of the spots between the between the bone bits has decided to press on a nerve and Aha. it's not
0: pleasant. <gasps> I, I uh, a heacious herniation.
2: Yeah, a hellacious, a hellacious herniation of heinousness. Um, yeah. Now that, you so, li-
0: now that you live here, you got to tell everyone you got a hella herniated disc. Dude's
2: <laughs> no, hella. Uh, yeah. It's hella, so it's hella herniated. I, I go to my second PT tomorrow. Oh there's boy. Where, where I where I am instructed by a woman who is half my size that I am limited. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all she was just like, "All right, we're gonna move your leg. All right, that's limited." And I was like, "All right, that happened." <laughs> He's like, all right, we're going to move your leg the other way. Okay, also <laughs> limited. And I was like, you got to stop calling me limited, lady. It's starting to piss me off.
0: <laughs> well, as with many things that we come we come to realize, it's existential, isn't it? I mean, I mean, you really are limited. Uh, <gasps> uh, as I see myself, I, I'm in this ethereal, wispy, uh, sort of haunted wood state. And I seem fairly yeah. limited, depending on how I move around.
2: I keep I keep thinking Slenderman's gonna pop up behind you and I'm not gonna be able to warn you in time. Uh,
0: I I was on a Zoom earlier and I tried to show someone my beautiful Norland uh, whiskey drinking glass and I discovered yep. that Zoom oh no Teams intent would continually blur it. Let's see if it happens here. Yeah. Well, okay. So it just goes. Oh, there away. is no glass. Yeah. There is no spoon. There, damn. So so what's amazing? See there, you can see it. Yeah. So it's. It's it's faceted and it's matte and I realize it's the perfect stealth glass, right? Because all that of a sudden that is pretty it's awesome.
2: Like... It's like something the mrc the
0: MRC would make. Yeah, MCR. It's, MCR, it's MCR. MCRN uh, yeah. stealth glass. I was just gonna say, yeah. any minute now we're gonna be like, you know, you know, where 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 are the PDCs coming from? I know, right? <laughs> all right. So so
2: at some point we will talk about that because yes, I am caught up.
0: Oh my god, I cannot wait. Oh, I can't wait. All right, so listen. Quickly, let's do a sucking the Monkeys segment. Which, right. for listeners at home or viewers, depending on how this goes, um, this is where we talk about what we are consuming or not consuming of an alcohol or non-alcohol basis. So, what are you having?
2: I'm having a Victoria, a cervecia Modelo Mexico. Uh, it's ah. pretty good. I really wish I had saved one of my one of my Trejos cervezas to have with you because ah. they're pretty fantastic, actually. <laughs> sounds sounds great. And it's it's Danny Trejo's beer. It's oh, really, okay. They're really good. <laughs> that, that, that's a lie. They're if you like Mexican loggers, they're really good. If you don't like Mexican loggers, do not drink it cuz it is 100% a Mexican lager.
0: <laughs> you know, it's weird about that. I started we've talked before about how I was like I I would have uh you know the the clear liquors when yeah. I was young and had the capacity for more. And now I like the bourbons and the beers. The things that my body wants less as you get older is what I want more now, right?
2: Yeah.
0: On the other hand, with beer, I started with the IPA. Well, stouts and porters and then red ales and then some ambers and then IPAs because California is like 99% IPAs. And and then, you know, I love sours. But in terms of the general beer, I'm moving towards lagers and pilsners now because I like the lighter, refreshing and Mexican more than ever.
2: Yeah, like I am, I am a big pilsner lager fan. Like it's, I just like something. I don't want it to punch me in the face while I'm drinking it. Like I want to have one or two and just be cool, you know.
0: <laughs> you know what it is? When I was, you know, when I was younger, you know, seven or eight, whatever it was, when I had, um, you know, crappy American mainstream American beer. Sure, it was like this watered down garbage. I hate that stuff.
1: Right.
0: I hate that stuff, and it took me a long time to separate a lager from cheap watered-down beer, right? Mm Because plenty of lagers are cheap watered-down beer.
2: Fair enough. But when
0: I had good European lagers and Pilsners, and I had good Mexican beers, particularly in the context of having Mexican food, you're like, how do you go go wrong? Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, some street tacos and a freaking Mexican lager, I am 100% in. Like it is
0: A hot dog with hot sauce, onions, and mayonnaise on it from... The outside the discotheque at 3 in the morning.
2: Ue <laughs> <laughs> La Biblioteca.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ¿Dónde está usted? So I'm having a delicious... Uh, what am I having? Am stealth I having? drink. Nope, this is a Pinot. This is a... Uh, no, this one's... Oh, yeah, it is fairly stealth. So this is a delicious Pinot. And I... I don't remember who made it, but it was delicious. Might have been... Yeah, well, listen... Choose your favorite Pinot. This is a little bit better than that. Okay. Fair. so So uh, for this next segment, we're going to do a Red Sky Roundup, um, which I'm thinking about transitioning into a newer format for this uh, in upcoming episodes called They'll Use Your Bones for Tools or Will They? But I'll explain that later. But that's a, <laughs> that's a sneak preview of where this section is going to go as we move into another phase, because I'm thinking about moving something that Chris and I have been talking about we're gonna Feeling good inter- about it. Feeling good. We're gonna we're gonna move this into we're gonna try moving the news section into a call and receive, uh, from one from one vault to another. In the 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 conceit is, we're in our shelters. It's like the Cloverfield kind of thing, right? We're sure. in our shelters. There may or may not have been an invasion or something happening up above, and we're gonna we're gonna be sending news items and ranking them on whether or not it's worth opening the hatch for. Got gotcha. Just see if it's gotcha. real, right? Sure, so it's real. sure. Am I going to risk the possible alien attack or not based on this? Here we go. So, but for tonight's session, what I thought we would do is I'm going to give you choices okay. from the various subjects of news items because it's been a while since we've talked news and there's many items to talk about. And what we're going to do is, that it's a spot. What we're going to do is I'm going to give you your options and then you pick whichever one and then I'll give you a random one from there. Okay? All right. And then we will discuss. All
2: right. With verb I thought like I have a wheel. <laughs> Please.
0: Oh, like at the convention. when I, like, I think it was, uh, what was it? It was either Rose City or... No, no. It was uh, Heroes and Villains Portland a couple years ago when they still had that show. And they around the corner from the table that Chris and I had, double tables on the end cap, around the corner was the... It was Oregon's... Um, would, you know the insurance the insurance uh what's that the insurance marketplace or whatever it is for, for getting your okay. own insurance gotcha. and so Correct. that was their a, the agency to help people um shop for their own insurance coverage right and was so they had visor a visor wheel big wheel and you spun it and you either got like a pen or a cap or some horseshit and then they also gave you a sheet that gave you all your options for all the sure. um you know your options for for um buying your own insurance which was going over super well at a comic convention.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: 100%. And I, I was hate. hearing nothing but the brr all the time. Oh. Yeah. I didn't like it. So here are your options, okay? All right. We have trailer we have Trailer's Ho. Trailer's Ho. Trailer's, trailers? Ho. Oh, or Trailer's Ho. We have Marvel. Hey. Marvel. We have yeah. We have uh DC, Detective Comics. Mm-hmm. We have The Star Wars, Mm -hmm. the Star Wars. Gotcha. Okay. And we have miscellaneous. Sure. Right. And then we finally have. No one asked for this. Oh. So. Oh my God. How how could you put that category in there? (laughs) All
2: right. Well. Okay. I'm gonna spin the wheel of fate. And hope you're gonna talk about the trailer I want to talk about first. All right. So we're gonna go with trailers. All right. I'm hoping it's the one I'm hoping. So here we go. All right.
0: Which trailer? Which, Tom? Yes. Which trailer? We have landed on Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Not the one I was thinking of, but fabulous. Okay.
2: All right. Yes. I have
0: seen this trailer. Fantastic. So let's talk about it. This is the the first of the, well, is it not the first Phase 4, right? But it's the first Marvel trailer for a movie since black widow was trailered since black widow was trailered, that still not quite at the time of this recording manifesting right. in the, in the real. Um, right. And oof, yeah, I'll tell you what, when I thought about watching this trailer, a couple of things. One, at first I was thinking, do I even watch it? Because I know I'm going to see it and yeah. maybe I could not have everything spoiled, but also I was thinking about how with black widow, I wasn't 100% excited to begin with, with what mm-hmm. I saw not that it wouldn't be great but it just didn't like it wasn't like chills but also then a year of it because of the pandemic. And so I sure. was sort of like, well, maybe we'll we'll give Shang-Chi some extra breathing room, but then I watched it anyway. But so uh yeah.
2: I had to watch Shang-Chi's trailer because I need to know are we making a bad movie? Right, <laughs> like, sure. Like you You screwed up Iron Fist so badly.
0: That's the elephant in the room, Are you
2: screwing this up? And from what it looked like, no, you you have hired an Asian cast. Okay. Now. I'm, yeah. Cautiously optimistic (laughs) that they have done this. There is one point of the trailer that I find amazing. Do you want to know what the point is? Yes, I do. Okay. You know, at the closing sequence, it's him on the bus with Aquafina, and there's some passengers. Mm-hmm. The passenger to, in the left side of the screen, sitting in the seat, is the same guy who first saw Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming. And is like, hey, what do you do? He's like, I'm Spider-Man. Do a backflip, Spider-Man. And he does a backflip. That's cool. Same dude.
0: Holy Say, dude. shit! I had no idea. That yeah. is that's a deep cut that I really enjoy. It's so, I was just like, this dude just knows where cyber- superheroes pop up. Like he's just there. He's, <laughs> he's there.
2: That's his super. Maybe he's the new watcher. <laughs> uh,
0: this so, dig this. So oh so we talked before I think about this when they were originally casting and everything. And I, I'm blanking on his name, but the the actor is playing Shang Chi. This is the epitome mm-hmm. of the. What happens when the when a celebrity is interested in something, and broadcasts it? This is the best case scenario, whereas we get a lot of those like, "Hey, Marvel, I'd be a pretty great Titanium Man," and it's a guy in a green suit, and they're like, "Okay, but uh, you know, Robert De Niro, we're just—it's not really the right fit." Uh, This—he—he he was like, "Hey, Shang Chi," it was during the Iron Fist debacle, and he's like you know, these stories should really be by oh, Asian right. actors, and I actually just so you know i would throw my hat in the ring for shang chi any day and then they start. then they had a meeting and talked about it and he actually got it and he had to sit on it for a long time before they have revealed it but i mean <laughs> yeah when an when it when an actor is a good fit yeah. and expresses interest and they say we'll try <laughs> yeah well, yeah this is this is the ex- probably the exact opposite as when sean young showed up to batman in a Rented Catwoman. Catwoman suit and was screaming yep. until they made her leave the set. Yes, that's
1: yeah, not yeah. the same as
0: this. Uh, I saw a recent reference that said that there were criticism, not my words, but criticism that the leads in the film were not were not conventionally attractive, and I thought that was an amazing ba- accidental compliment because first of all, I don't think either he nor uh, Aquafina are not attractive. Oh, and wait, someone says Aquafina is not attractive? I'm just saying what just saying what I read. Whatever. And, whatever. And, 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 and what that really means is they weren't anorexic white people in those yeah, whatever. casting I... positions. But, but, this, but this also, for... the, but but even setting aside that that was to me a horseshit thing to say and very heavily broadcasting a racist and frankly sexist attitude. What what I also thought was wonderful about it though is it really hammers on the fact that the casting is interesting. Yeah. He is he is fairly straightforward in his appearance. He's he's a very clean cut guy, yeah. but he's got an interesting face. He's got an interesting physical presence, and Aquafina is really rad. I like her because she's frequently cast beyond her, uh, beyond her ethnicity. Right. For yeah. example, look at how she was in Jumanji. She had there was nothing about her role in Jumanji that was anything about being a shorter Asian woman, other than. You know the the older actors saying, "Hey, it's a short Asian woman," and she's like, "What are yeah. you talking about?" They didn't. It wasn't relevant to the story or how she played it. It yeah. was like it passed the Bechtel ethnicity test. Yeah. Um, here she's All playing a character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, right, correct. And 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 though granted, in this story, you know, she is Asian and supposed to be um, sure. theoretically theoretically. Um, I just liked that it was the casting choice. I like yeah. I like her a lot as someone who can do some drama and some comedy and be a, and also she's a really great POV character. She's oh, a really yeah. great she's an actress that's really good about bringing you in as being like the this is some crazy stuff.
2: Yeah. 100%. He's doing
0: flips in the bus, you know.
2: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I am uh, yeah. I am yeah. cautiously optimistic. Uh I'm I'm waiting for I am waiting for Marvel to derail. Like yeah. I know yeah. that's a horrible thing to say, but it's like We've had like a long time of pretty solid shit coming out. Yeah. When
0: is that train going to hit a wall? <laughs> for sure, for sure. And then you know, people comment about Iron Man's two and three and Thor two and a few others, but they're still better than the majority of their competition in that regard. Sure. So, two two yeah. final thoughts on this trailer. That um, one's a a, nit, a detail, and one is just a general epiphany. The nit or the detail is, I think what I'm seeing. I think they took the rings, from being. We're getting away from Fu Manchu for the first thing, uh, instead of being literal colored rings with different powers, which is na- you know in comics, going through the well several times with a similar concept is not as, as apparently, re- um, uh, uh, you know recursive, but mm-hmm. they did all this about the Infinity Stones, and yeah. then to have the ten rings to be literally more glittery rings on someone's hands that do things would not work well no. i think that his armbands are the stacking of rings because he's sure. got ar- he's got bracers that are, are segmented uh and i had this idea and i and here's the thing i had this idea and i thought it was kind of a cool idea and then i was like well and then i heard it on another much more uh famous podcast and so i'm like well so at the risk of sounding like i'm just repeating what that i did think about this beforehand i promise you what if they're Fin Fang Foom's rings? So they're okay. on him, but scale-wise, yeah. they were not supposed to be bracers. Now, sure. I don't know, because they, they, they fit like yeah. a good brace. But anyway, I yeah. like the idea that maybe they could be just scale-wise way off yeah, right. for him. Yeah, right. I mean, that's Cause...
2: interesting. That, that could be cool. Um, Any opportunity
0: I... for Fin Fang Foom, I will take it.
2: See, and I thought... I assumed that they were, the rings were going to be more symbolic of like crime families, because the first Iron Man movie had the 10 rings and now we have this group and it's like those two dudes probably are not the same group
0: <laughs> right but right maybe they are they, and i do like even I said, like the
2: bracer idea though that sounds yeah. really cool
0: i dig. well and and they did and they did double down when they at towards the end of iron man 3 and they talked about how he's just really just you know he, he was a he was a figurehead he was yeah. he was paid to do this really horrible uh mandarin thing and sure. it was just the frontage for something entirely different. But you're right. That whole thing could be an extension of something different. Right. See, I
2: assumed that movie three and movie one were not actually the same thing. It was just, it was aim trying to make a thing happen. Right. But yeah. So. Well, and we'll here's the
0: last, th- the last thing I'll say about this trailer, which I thought this is what gave me the epiphany that I really enjoyed. I watched the trailer and this entire time I I thought this was, a Disney plus series and I watched the trailer and I was like, excellent. I can't wait for that. And what I, when I realized it was a feature film, I was, I kind of did a double take in my own haunted woods. I went, mm-hmm. and I, what I loved about it was that I'm fairly confident. I know they're not the same budget, but there's so much budget that goes into the Disney plus Marvel shows. And oh, yeah. there's, and now that it's not just, you know, Marvel TV, but this is Disney plus Marvel stuff. Oh yeah. the, continuity in the shows is directly connected to the movies in Marvel's view there's no longer the old thing It's goes one way but not the other way this is all the same thing it's just different format right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so since the budget's there and the degree to which they take it seriously as continuity and importance and they will market it the same way and they'll treat it the same way whether it's a feature film or a Disney Plus show the fact that I couldn't tell whether it was a Disney Plus show or a feature film when I watched it and it didn't occur to me that it would be the film and it didn't bother me meant that it was firing the right way. It's hidden. Right. If I accepted it as a Disney show, that means I'm accepting movie quality shit as a Disney show. True. Right.
2: That's fair. That's a very fair statement. Yeah. I'm with you. That's a little bit. Yeah. Like everything that Disney plus has put out so far has been. Like, I'm like, I I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you're starting to sway me over from movies. I'm like, yeah, start making (laughs) me some limited series. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with six episodes of a thing. Let's do that.
0: (laughs) Well, and actually, I really do think that that's going to be the bigger. And later on, when we do get a chance to talk about Falcon, I think that's going to be a recurring discussion point. We talked about it a lot with the Netflix Marvel stuff, but I think it also applies to the Disney stuff. Yeah. They they have to be willing to contract or extend the length of the different series based on minimizing bloat. Give room for character growth. Minimize bloat, because I think that there are in so far what we've gotten, WandaVision as well as Falcon, there have been times when you're like, well, not enough evolved in that. Maybe it could be shorter in sure. my view. So sure. anyway, anyway. Or in other cases, I wish it was longer. Yeah, yeah. Like like WandaVision, like all of a sudden it was over and it didn't. Anyway, so, all right. So do you want to do another trailer uh, trailers? ho? Oh, no nope. nope, we're going to mix it up. Nope. DC, go Star with, uh, Wars. Nobody asked for this. Nobody asked for this. Here we go. Huh. I could do so many of these. I mean any of these will work, but I'll do this one. Brett Ratner's back. Everybody's favorite Brett Ratner. No one asked for this. He's going to make a Millie Vanilli biography fictional movie, biography of Millie Vanilli. So he's making a biopic about about, okay, okay. Millie Vanilli.: sh- Sure. And, and so the world doesn't Robin need Fab. Bre- The world doesn't need Brett Ratner. It doesn't need Millie Vanilli. It doesn't need a biography about Millie Vanilli, and it especially doesn't need it by Brett Ratner.
2: Right? Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, maybe he's going to show how shitty the music industry is.
0: It's an opportunity to tell really... It could be an opportunity to tell a really scathing, subversive story, but I don't expect Brett Ratner to do that. I expect you there not. to be guitar, guitar solo and fire behind them. He's, you know... <laughs> Mick G., Brett Ratner, Michael Bay... Was hey, the guy come on! That, the Babysitter what, One and Two were very good. What was the What was the producer? The producer that died that was attached to Bay all the time. Um, Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer was it Bruckheimer? Maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. Is Bruck- someone... Bruckheimer's, um... is. Is he Pirates? Whoever I'm thinking of is dead. Anyway, the point uh, is, we didn't need in that. In the comments, we tell us who we're thinking of. No one asked for this. All right. Yeah. No,
2: fair, fair. No, that is a pretty, that's a pretty solid palate cleanser. Yes, you're right. No one, no one asked for this. All right. All right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to spend any more of my brain cells on that, dude. All
0: right. What's your next one? Give me some Marvel. Marvel. It's going. Here we go. So.
2: Actually, uh, so no, DC, cause we just did, we just did um, Shang-Chi. So do DC.
0: Okay, Bruce Timm, JJ Abrams, and Matt Reeves have joined forces and revealed they're doing a new Batman animated series. It was announced today. Cool. Alright. And the It'll be and two the only thirds piece, awesome
2: and one-third stupid.
0: The only piece of, of uh key art that they shared was 30's Batman. Tall ears. Mm. Tall ears, big wide slit eyes. So that gives me hope because. I want more of that old, 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 old school Batman represented, and that's something I haven't seen. That'd be, cool?
2: be interesting. Like that'd be an interesting take.
0: If it's the '30s, if uh, they think... just do another Gotham style, it's it's who knows when, and it's sort of sure. old, I timey. Mean, and what that's right. kind of cool too. But I mean, I I think Dust Bowl
2: Batman might be interesting
0: I think because, so. I think so too. You know,
2: yeah. there's there's lots of villains there. <laughs> Hitting people with empty pickle jars
0: and right in line <laughs> so,
2: so ruby and i have been discussing batman and how i'm more of a nightwing fan like i like I, the robins i am less might, of a batman fan
0: you might be um, known for that
2: i might be known for that and we were joking the other day and it was like i mean she was like so people can't figure out the difference between nightwing and batman i don't understand them. it's like i don't get them either and she says it's like dick will talk somebody down Batman just, and I said, Batman just beats up the poor. Huh. Batman's problematic. <laughs> like, because it's like, Batman is just like beating up all the thugs. I'm like, they're not the problem, Batman.
0: <laughs> well, it's like one of the criticisms of the Snyder Batman was that he was branding people and yeah, how it would get right? to that point. And how the fanboy response to that in your initial, even my initial read when I was watching it wasn't, I wasn't sitting there with my, this is problematic head on. I was more, you know it was before the movie's the movie was derailing and i was just like wh- wh- where's the where's the meat yeah this i remember thinking that's wicked he's hardcore like and that's that's all Snyder was doing there yeah but i but i see, i definitely agree that you step back a bit and you're like wow you know mmm that's problematic he is ultra wealthy he's supposedly a philanthropist that's sort of funding all these uh orphanages and homeless shelters and whatnot, but then he's also creating orphans. (laughs) You're right. He's attacking the poor. The Batman story it has because of its origins, is always rooted in a problematic top down Yeah. Uh you know, he's he's the guy that's got the cash and all this and he's above it all, but actually he's secretly doing this other stuff. And it'd be a lot more interesting if it was the Robin Hood thing where He's actually yeah. going after the other, but that's also problematic because he, he should be just be like battering his own face because he's,
2: yeah, it's Batman's like, he's problematic. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a thing I've never really thought about before. And I need to do more research into it just to look at, all right, what, what story are we telling here? Exactly.
0: <laughs> right. Right. The theme the themes really of Batman are harder. Yeah.
2: You know, I just was like, yeah, Batman, he fights the villains and usually ends up beating up all the thugs. And it's like, but the,
0: or hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean so. Yeah, I, I think and then there's probably a good good chunk of the seventies when Neil Adams Batman's beating up a lot of uh people of color with chains what? in their hands, right? <laughs> so What? What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So um Slapping uppity <laughs> Shut up any children Robin. Uh but you know what? Uh it's slightly less problematic with purple gloves and a tall ears. So fair.
2: fair, fair, yeah. I mean
0: and that's the It'll thing. The if, they, if they don't give me purple gloves, it's a cop-out. You know that. You can't be cool 30s Batman without the gloves and the gun. Just Let's just do it right. It'd be interesting. What is um, the category you want? Stop screwing around. You tell me a category. Wow. I'll give it to you. I'll give well, it to fine. you. Fine.
2: I want a trailer again then.
0: All right. I'm going to give you a trailer. Okay. So here we go. Which trailer are we going to do? Okay. Here it is. It's actually a spot. It was a spot. Mm-mm. Ghost Ghostbusters Afterlife spot. Did you watch it?
2: I did not. But I have seen the trailer, the old trailer.
0: So this was a spot that came out. This was a spot that came uh, out uh, last month, maybe. And it was Paul Rudd mm-hmm. wandering. Have you heard about it? Mm-mm. Let me describe it to you. And then you can go look it up. Tell Please. me what you think. It's like a pitch meeting, right? Hey, so anyway, pay me a
2: picture, Tom. Pay me a picture.
0: Do you do you watch any of those pitch meeting uh, videos on YouTube?
2: Occasionally.
0: Okay, like, so my my nine year old son is obsessed with that guy, and then I started watching it. I love his cadence, and so that we watch him together. He plays him. We'll play him in the car. We're driving around, and I'm just visualizing it while driving, and I'm like, nice. I'm gonna get you, need you to get you to get all the way off my back. On that one thing. So here it is. Uh, in this in this promo, uh, Paul Rudd is sort of s- kind of slogging his way through a grocery store. It seems like it's late at night or something, and maybe, I don't know. He's li- and he's looking on the shelves like he's going to maybe looking for something to eat or whatever. And then he looks down, and there's a bag of mini puffs or micro puffs, and it's a Stay Puff brand, and it's like a normal bag of jumbo marshmallows. Sure. And while he's looking at it, it rips open and they all start to come out and they're mini stay puff guys. And okay. they're like, and they're like, ah! they're like little gremlins and they're fighting with each other and they're fucking burning each other on a, they're, they're lighting each other on fire and they're attack like going after his finger or whatever bit his finger. And he's like, what? And so, okay. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was no. a great way of a nod, but yeah. also it played to Paul Rudd. I thought it was a really great inversion of the, the concept of, of that being supernaturally, mo- uh, created but also that what surprised me was from people that we know the immediate clapback was oh you're trying to cash in on baby yoda or something and i'm like just because someone had success with a small thing doesn't mean that everything is that thing i mean that's an odd to like evil dead
2: or gremlins gremlins. yeah right no, no, no. I'm sorry. And they did, and they did no. immediately.
0: Set, and it immediately was released that there's photos of little figurines or something for them. But again, why is that a problem? I yeah. thought it was a. I thought it was brilliant. And as a as a 30 second spot. Yeah. No, perfect, perfect. No, that sounds great. Undead chef's choice. Right. Okay. I, I dig it. All right, now give me a real trailer. Okay, I will give you a real trailer. Uh, not a spot. So not a spot. You want a real trailer. Well, it's on many people's lips. There have been three trailers for it now. I've only watched one. Mm. Crue- Cruella. How do we feel? Don't come back, please. I have left. No.
2: No. Okay. Again, I'm going to reference Ruby. Ruby said this best. Many villains to choose from. The woman who wants to make a coat out of dogs is not the one you choose. Like, Ursula freaking, like, there, there's so many villains to choose, and they went with the chick who wants to make a dog coat? What the hell? I mean, I like Emma Stone. I, I enjoy her. I know a lot of people have a hate on for her for some reason. I don't really know what it is. Um Not my people. Uh I I am actually not in the villain story business. I am not a wicked fan. Right. I am not like, I don't it's not a thing that I, I, I enjoy. Like, Marvel's been doing it since the 90s, and I'm like, why is Venom a hero now?
0: Look at my ghostly ass, by the way.
2: It's it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, you're gone. Oh, my God, Tom, you've been taken. Oh, you're back. Okay.
0: That was pretty pretty, pretty <laughs> rad. Pretty rad. The detectives <laughs> taking the notes are like, so you saw a pair of ghostly, very long bike shorts, did you? I did, I did. And then he was gone. And he was gone.
2: So So, I mean, that's... That's my hot day. I'm sure it's Disney, it's going to be marketable, it's going to be colorful, it's probably going to be very well acted. I don't care. But it's not made for me, and that's okay.
0: Well, one of the initial reactions that a lot of people seem to have had online was that it's it's the Joker, right? Uh, however...
2: Also a movie and, I don't really care for.
0: Well, no, no, I mean not just the Joker movie, but I mean the Joker. She looks like the Joker. It looks like she's, you know, she's been yeah. thwarted. And then she goes a little wacky, and then she's got weird makeup, and she's acting crazy. Okay, sure, it's the Joker. sure. However, I also say that I think that this whole thing, this series of films that are humanizing the antagonists that Disney has been doing, most prominently Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate them because it's a great opportunity for them to do some amazing set pieces and costume design oh, and sure, create sure. things. I actually still think that the Maleficent films are I- immensely watchable. And I even We'd like... Yeah, and then Alice in Wonderland stuff was cool, and I mean, I just like I I like some of these things, and I know that there are other live action Disney properties that are coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked elements of Aladdin. The point though is, Aladdin was a, Aladdin was a rough sell. I'm sorry. It was I it noticed. was something, it was something. But like, why we didn't just get the end credits for like forty five minutes? Why couldn't it have just been a Bollywood presentation and we call it done? I Anyways. don't know, I don't. No. <laughs> now, one one could almost say that the movie was a diamond in the rough, couldn't win. Oh, so okay. For... So, <laughs> so here's my thing. Here's my thing about the Cruella film. Okay. I love Emma Stone. Yeah. I love when she's. I think that she's displaying some really interesting physical act mm-hmm. comedy or physical mm-hmm. acting. Some yeah. expressions. She's really good with expressions. Yeah. She's doing things that are really kind of interesting. I love the aesthetic that we're getting, which is sure. I think that the big appeal here was among these properties when you look at the way Cruella was designed, she yeah. is a ultra rich socialite, very f- high fashionista socialite looking mm-hmm. character who's car- match batshit crazy yeah. about her dog thing. Okay, so I like the phys- I like the physical uh, dynamic that I'm seeing. I love the color blocking. There's yeah. a bunch of destyle style kind of stuff going on. I go back to, I wish it wasn't Cruella. Like, I wish this wasn't Disney and Cruella. I wish we were seeing a subversive version of, uh, what's the one with uh with Christian Bale, American Psycho. Where someone oh, is sure. see- seeped in, fa- in kitschy yeah. fashion from a certain time and is all like this and then is just off the rails. Like that's when I was watching the trailer I because it has very little reality to unless we're gonna get a movie in the end that has a bunch of dogs running around it's not very Cruella at all it doesn't really matter. When right. I was watching the the trailer, I just divorced it from the Disney stuff and I just watched it as a highly stylized fashionable environment and this person is just becoming a loose unit as you go sure. and I was delighted with that. It was sort of like if Tim Burton didn't have the whimsy, and was more interested in just going completely batshit crazy. Sure. So sure. on that alone, I was like I'm 100% sold. The last thing I want out of that is puppies to be involved. Not just cuz I don't want coats of puppies, I just don't even want that at all. I just want yeah. a story yeah. of someone with money and who was just dis- was uh whatever um, um dismissed yeah, you know, uh coming back and getting their revenge in a really high concept way and if sure. the parallel to Joker specifically being a reference to Nicholson's way of doing Joker I, I think its value is that the, that was subversive because they took that approach back then I like yeah. that idea yeah. make it blood bloodthirsty bat shit, irreverent murder but make it fashion that sounds great yeah. to me yeah no but Cruella no like, I don't want it to be that yeah yeah
2: in the same in the same vein all right uh, stop uh,
0: messing around give me another topic miscellany oh you are you ready are you ready because I have some miscellany miscellany missile missile escaline I have some escaline for you <laughs> and it's gonna be great uh, okay 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 so the latest Excellent news about the HBO Max series "Our Flag Means Death" is out. Do you remember this series? We talked about it before. Maybe this is written. I think in, we did. Go. R- written no, and produced was... by Taika Waititi. Um, it's starring Rice. Uh... Crap, he was the he's the band manager for Flight of the Concords and he's right. also the one. Welcome to Jumanji, right? That yeah. guy, yeah, who's amazing. And it's a story about a, I believe it was a Scandinavian. I could be wrong. Maybe it was Australian, but it was a noble that decided to play at being a pirate because they could. Okay. And it didn't go, and it didn't go well, right? Sure. And so he's playing the title character, it or he's playing the main character in the. It's a pirate, you know, weird comedy called "Our Flag Means Death," and so the I mean, latest news is that Taika Waititi himself is cast as Blackbeard the Pirate.
2: Oh, my God. That sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> it's like...
2: That it sounds, it sounds... Have you seen... Have you seen... Um, take my money! <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Just throwing it at the screen. Have you seen uh, Watiti and um, The Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, on the red carpet? Have you ever seen th- their interactions on the red carpet? It's amazing. Uh, th- there's some, like, like I think my favorite one is Pedro Pascal is looking at looking at the person is like, is he taking too long? He's taking too long. Cool, and walks up behind which he and just like fake breaks his neck, and with he just falls <laughs> and, to the ground, and plays down uh, on the yeah. ground.
0: <laughs> it's so that, I mean, we're talking. There's this whole cachet of actors and. And content creators that we're getting exposed to that seem to be really charming, funny, yeah. irreverent, and casual, and I'm heartbroken at the idea that one by one, if any, just like with the other kind of big celebrity types, you're going to find out that they're terrible people. I really hope not, because maybe like the maybe not. Like, like like Rudd and these guys. Yeah, I just want them to be what is on the tin, you know?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like it's like watching. um J-Law and... God, what's the name of the kid that she was in the Hunger Games with? I love him. Josh... Um, uh, uh, Hutchinson. 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 Yeah. Have you ever seen the two of them on the red carpet when they don't know not. they're either... Oh my god, they're adorable. <laughs> like, at one, there's one thing where she didn't know he was going to be there, and she screams his name, runs across the red carpet, and then launches onto his back. He's like... We're in front of the camera. She's like, it doesn't matter.
0: And then 45, 55, 70 years later, he's complaining about a herniated disc.
2: Sure, sure. On I mean, a but it happens. It's, it was worth it. J Lo was in your back. I mean, come on.
0: Ready and seen. Okay, pick okay. another one. All right. God <laughs> damn it! Pick the trailer I want. Why don't you give me a hint?
2: Uh, it involves ninja.
0: Clearly, it's Luca. You want to talk about Luca, let's talk about Luca. Sounds great. So Luca is the latest Pixar movie that's coming out, and it's about two Italian pals, boys, oh. that are fucking about on a wheel, carrying a bread around, picking all of them. Adorable. They, looks they, great. They, they jump in the no. water and they're, and they're no. mermaids.
2: No, stop. No. We're, yes, it looks adorable. Wrong trailer. Try again.
0: But quickly, though, about Luca, <laughs> the problem is... The problem here is that because they had Little Mermaid. Yeah. Now it's like, well, it's just a derivative of that. And and I think that they're doing something totally different, right? It's the other yeah. way around. But this doesn't feel like the same story at all. But it's not about them being mermaids
2: right. or mermen or whatever. It's or about
0: sea creatures that chameleons. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a it's a it's a it's a thing about companionship and innocence and whatever yeah. else and being accepted and not being accepted what i think is interesting is once again they're using yeah. this project as to introduce a new amazing palette and style yeah okay? yeah Agreed. I, i'm still i'm still super coco right now like i just watched it again coco's beautiful like, I don't, coco was I just like i was i was
2: i had my season pass when coco was being pushed hard by disney so that like every time i went to the park there was a new like hey come check out this thing about it or hey come and check out this thing about the culture and i'm like awesome yes please show me more and yeah i i thought coco was a wonderful movie and it it kind of it's weird because it got lost in that weird shuffle of a number of day of the dead movies that came out about the same time and it was like why are there so many of these movies right now no i mean well yay i'm happy there's so many of these movies right now but like why did they it was all come
0: out at once i think it was kind of an odd win-win problem where it yeah. came out seven months or i don't know whatever it is seven months yeah it's good enough accuracy for our podcast uh, after a uh, book of book of life. Yeah. And yeah. I really, really like book of life because Me of too. the puppetry, because of the yep. style, because of a lot of things about it. Yeah. Uh, Coco almost didn't seem as interesting because of that. And especially the dynamic they chose for animating the scale, skelet- the stylization of the skeleton heads and the eyeballs and the faces. It initially didn't read as interesting as, as I thought book of life. Looked. Sure. Sure. But keep in mind I saw Coco up into the last 20 minutes. In the first few lines into the big reveal moment, Matteo, my younger son, was so horrified that he started crying. So I took him out and we spent the last 20 minutes in the lobby looking at unplugged video game arcade machines. Sure. So I didn't even get to see the last of the movie for a year. Right. But I but but the designer in me, combined yeah. with the parent in me, I guess, I yeah. everything is being satisfied by that movie. I love skeletons, yes. I love Day of the Dead. I love Mexican culture. I love stories about the afterlife. I love yeah. color. The color theory in that movie, yeah, kills Fantastic. me. And Fantastic. I, I watch this again. The music, the the way the sets are produced, the the camera angles in some of the scenes, like I can't the the nuance in little details. Like little ways in which side characters and things react to things, right? Like, yeah. do you have anything to declare? And they show the boy, and he's like, look, the jaw drops. Yeah. Like, there's all these little gags, these little skeleton gags. Yeah. Or or little references to things, and there's references to the way the petals are integrated into other things. I just it gives and gives and gives every time I see it. Yeah. It's, so enough about a big, Coco. Piece of art. <laughs> so anyway, going back to um, going back Luca. to Luca, I just yeah. I'm hoping cautiously that we're gonna get another uh, world palette and style like Luca. I mean, like uh, like like Coco yeah. that becomes a, um, something that I want to keep going back to.
2: I mean, I can't think of the last dog that Pixar put out. You know, like yeah. I'm not a big Cars fan, but again wasn't meant for me right you know and there's no way someone can call cars a dog because holy cow
0: (laughs) so so while we're in this category i have a feeling you want to talk about a certain thing that just came out so why don't you just let's hit let's hit it talk about it the guy whose face we see
2: i am i am yeah which better get horribly marred is all i'm saying (laughs)
0: It's like but Deadpool without the scars, right? Like, I know. It's, I, okay. Well, so this I mean, that's obvious. I obviously because, Deadpool is Snake Eyes, right? I mean, that's right.
2: Yeah, he's Snake Eyes and, and it's, Deathstroke it's, it's, and Spider Man all rolled into one. Right, um, right. It's so, yes. So this popped up on my feed and I was like, get out, really? We're making another G.I. Joe movie? Okay, well, let's see what we're doing here. And it starts off and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm like, okay, we're doing an origin story. And in the origin story, he does have a face. And, you know, (laughs) uh, that's fine. One time
0: he had a face.
2: Yeah. I mean, we never see it because in the comics, it's always in shadow, you know? Um, So you never know what he looks like for real. (laughs) But
0: anyway. uh, But it is. But Snake Eyes' face, back in the day, I remember as a kid, Snake Eyes' face is supposed to be Mangled Baby Duck, right? Correct. Yeah, he's... He never
2: takes off the mask where it's always like, yeah, he's horribly disfigured under there from a chopper crash in Vietnam. So it's like... To
0: continually continually quote the Thai restaurant in my college town with all the duck dishes, fatty, lots of skin, no returns. Right? That's what his face is.
2: Gross. It's so gross. Um, Right. But I'm watching this and I'm thinking last two Joe movies haven't been that great. Like, I enjoyed the Mr. the Rock one, but I can't tell you if that's because I enjoyed the movie or it's because Mr. the Rock had a giant gun. So I can I cannot tell you. I have not gone well, I... back and rewatched it.
0: <laughs> and you like the Red Ninja, what's her name as well? Oh, you like Jinx, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jinx. Um
2: so I saw this trailer and you know, you see like the new motorcycle outfitted Storm Shadow and right
0: the whole... By the way, I haven't seen I didn't I I didn't even see the trailer, so you even watch or the just... trailer? No, this oh my is first God. take. This is first like, take,
2: dude. It's like Fast of the Furious meets GI Joe.
0: So, who's, pl- like, who's playing? Visual- Go ahead. Who's playing Snake Eyes? Is it someone known? I have no freaking clue. That's good, right? That's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm
2: okay with that. Um, I, I don't know, man. It, <laughs> it's, it hits a number of beats visually that I'm like, oh. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do one of these kind of movies. I'm cool with it. Uh, I don't I don't know if we're gonna like if this is. I feel like a number of companies are now saying, "Oh, that's what Marvel did. We'll do that too." And I'm like, "You gotta be very careful. Counten- you gotta no, don't. <laughs> like some of your characters don't have any depth. Do not try and give them depth. It's not gonna work. Like." It's I I don't think Duke can hold a full movie by himself, you know. It's, like, it's not gonna work, man. Um, but it it like it looks fun, which might yeah. not be good because I'm not sure Snake Eyes should be fun.
0: <laughs> will there be any of the other uh you know characters that we're accustomed to thinking about? Like, will Scarlet be Scarlet our... is a hundred percent in it. And do you Unless know that? they
2: need some new redheaded character that we don't know.
0: And do we know who that's... who who was cast or is it Another Unknown? I will check. For a right. Moment.
2: I mean, she was in like five seconds of the trailer, so I didn't really get a good look at her
0: face. Please tell me it's Ernest Borgnine because that would... Oh, that would be so mind.
2: amazing. Just with a big red wig. Still has the beard. <laughs> Snake eyes! an <laughs> Inferno! String fellow! Wait, sorry, wrong movie. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> oh, crap. Scarlet is Samara Weaving. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, Snake Eyes is Henry Golding.
0: Oh, yeah. Henry Golding. Golding so is, he was the oh, crazy rich agents. He was the, the hunky guy in Trick. Yeah, yeah, okay. Hey, yes, so, yep, yep. um, also, Samara Weaving, what do we know her from?
2: Uh, you,
0: she's the girlfriend.
2: A, uh, no, sorry, the, the, the Babysitter, The Babysitter 2, um, Ready or Not, which is not a great movie, uh, Guns Akimbo, have you seen Guns Akimbo?
0: No, but I should.
2: You should. Um, Mayhem, have you seen Mayhem? No, but I should. Uh, Babysitter, Face the Music, is she?
0: No, okay, she's not. Um... Is she the daughter of? I don't Mr. think An- so. Mr. She might Anderson? be like a
2: niece or something. But I'm not sure. Pretty much, her big thing has been the babysitter on Netflix and Ready or Not in theaters. Um.
0: Hmm. So, uh, one other question. Well, about... she's from Australia, so. I have one other question about uh, Snake Eyes. Are they yeah. introducing Storm Shadow? Did you say that already?
2: Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And if they're not, that's BS because that dude is a hundred. Oh yeah storm shooter is andrew koji
0: so if there was a character named storm shooter that would be super rad <laughs> that's what you said and i'm picturing i'm shooting at tornadoes and stuff. you did it so uh here's my question uh in in comics remind me because i feel like maybe it's just the movies but is it just the other movies where storm shadow was the one that showed his face and he was yeah, a handsome no, guy shadow,
2: in the in the comics and the cartoons, storm shadow could he was fine
0: he was just the second. He's in fine, the school. he's fine. Yeah. Do you yeah. know that Storm Shadow was the last GI Joe I ever had? Really? And it was yeah. It Which was one? Ninth, It was like um, old school
2: white or with the hood.
0: Well, based on continu based on timeline, it must be the later one, hood. Okay, but um, and I probably had the original one too because I had oh, these, I had all those GI Joe's. But I distinctly George. remember between ninth and tenth grade, I was yeah. right. It was just, it was that moment where, we've talked about it before, Yeah. you get it, and you're like, because my friend, my new friend from high school, regaled me with it because he stole it from a Kmart or something, and he's like, ah, I stole it, and I'm like, fuck, man, don't steal, and I, but I was looking at it, and I remember going like, you know, with my thumbs, and I'm like, I just, it's not there anymore, like, even at ninth grade I think I was still because I, I think I probably had an extra year extension on it because of being a creator type that mm-hmm. I was still making stories with them but you know eighth grade and ninth grade I was still you know mo- m- uh, full kung fu grip with all of your hand, your fingers are ma- maneuvering everything on the lo- it's like they're Boglins for you like doing all interactive action yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. slow mo fighting with them know, and stuff, do, all stuff. Yeah. yeah. and then it was this moment ninth to tenth grade in was summer and I was like it's a thing now. And I just can't. And then that was the end of the, of action of action figure play. And I sure. say this, as I look to my left at my illuminated display case full of expensive Japanese Star Wars figures, but that's neither here nor there. Different. Don't make it's a big different. deal about it. You need to yeah. get all the way off my back about that. Let's pick one more item for this session. Okay. Pick carefully. Pick carefully. Come on, you could do it. No. Go with your gut. Go with your gut.
2: No one no one no one asked for this?
0: You son of a bitch. You had to pick one of those. Okay, here it is. The guy that's making the guy behind Godzilla vs. Kong, whatever that is, is make is making a face-off remake. <laughs> What? <laughs> what did you just say? No, no, you were lying. And the, no... prob- and the problem, and the problem I have with this, the problem I have with this is they'll go straight to the t- million times done trope of the modern era, which is Mission Impossible style. And I got a, I got a face on. It's a fake face. I can fuck you up. But face off was literally a good bad because it was so wrong that they would just stitch the face on and they were suddenly the other guy. It was just.
2: It, not was even so the same way. it
0: was so wrong right, right. I mean, it was right. Right. It was so wrong it was right.
2: But I mean, putting all that aside, what new story are you gonna tell for the face-off? Only,
0: <laughs> the only way I would accept a face-off remake today is if they took some it's 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 double Danny DeVito. If they did something that was between Jumanji 2 and Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they're facing off Danny DeVito and someone else, and they're cgiing the faces on to the bodies but they're still the same people that's what i would accept because it would be so wrong it would be right
2: i got it i got it i know i know how this is going to work the entire movie is just deep fakes
0: you know how i feel about deep fakes when it comes to the big cinema stuff we've we talked about the star oh, yeah. wars one and other ones that yeah. are so much better than anything we've seen yeah that would be amazing though
2: I, I I mean, just the whole movie is just deep fakes. Everyone, everyone is deep faked.
0: <laughs> you're a J Law, and you're a J Law, and you're a J Law.
2: I mean, not like the Malkovich Malkovich scene, but like you know, like J Law is switched with, uh, I don't know, Sean Bean,
0: and yeah, who's got a baby and it's J Law, you know?
2: Yeah, right. Oh, I, I know. that'd be funny. Um, it's not going to be that somebody. Okay, Hollywood, you heard me. Do it. Why not? What do You get? You made the emo- the emoji movie. What do you got to lose?
0: <laughs> well, all right. Well, anyway, it's a thing okay. that no one, it's a no one asked for this thing.
2: Nobody. I'm, I'm sure body? there is a diehard Face-Off fan out there. I guess they're called Faces. I don't know. What would you call them? Offers? No, those are Nick Offerman fans.
0: Face Officers.
2: Face Officers? <laughs> Face Officers! Yes, I'm in.
0: Um, and with that, And with that, I leave you. This has been a wonderful session of uh, Red Sky Roundup. And uh, listen, we'll take a brief pause before our next event.
1: And now, let us take one moment for some unique and desirable advertising content about things you like.
0: So as one of our 333 loyal listeners, or 333,000 loyal algorithm-based listeners, you may have noticed that uh, Chris of Deeply Dapper joined us this episode for the first time in a while. He's been very busy on a lot of things happening, and chief among them is finishing up the latest product deliverable for his Patreon. And I want to talk briefly about that and encourage you to join and participate. So if you go to patreon.com and search for tabletops and tentacles, you will find a sweet, sweet opportunity to read an old school magazine like you used to read when you were younger or you heard about from like old uncles and stuff of my age who talk about the good old days when they read paper things. But anyway, it's a sweet magazine. It's a compilation of a lot of different content from different guest creators as well as regular creators, even a little something something from your old friend, Wrong Rocket. Uh, If you like games and you like comics and you like fantasy and you like creating, I think you're going to love it. These magazines are jam-packed and available to you as a Patreon subscriber, so go to Tabletops and Tentacles, and join now. Issue number two has just been released, and it is packed, absolutely packed with good stuff. So there you go. Do it today.
1: See? That wasn't painful at all. Now let us return to the number one Good Robot Kraken podcast
0: So our main event this evening is we're going to talk about a certain new Disney Plus Project called the Bad Batch, Clone Wars. Bad, the Bad Batch. So I didn't so know I... this was dropping. I guess I should have guessed really? that it was dropping, but I had no idea. Really? When did you yeah. find out? Uh, somebody posted a twit about it, and I was like, "Oh, I want to see that," and so we did. So, I so mm, I'll say this going in, I was I had my usual level of optimism that I was going to enjoy it because of the property and because mm-hmm. i like clone wars and that that animation uh toolkit so i was fine with that mm-hmm. um but the bad batch was my least favorite of the recently released uh really completed season six stuff not remember i, I can't I, yeah we really haven't done it on the pod i don't think but you know my main gripe and it's total old man gripe, gripe i get it i say this eyes wide open <laughs> but (laughs) my problem is one of those things you've seen this with me so many times and you've had these where you're like, well, if you did two things differently or three things differently and met my personal expectations, it would be a much better project for me (laughs) from a design standpoint. I can't wrap my head around the internal logic of the bad batch being physiologically so different from the standard clone. They argue that they are defects that they Mm -hmm. are, that they're defects from the process that happen to have acuity uh, mm-hmm. An aptitude that al- allows them to do certain things better than others and also be, of course, you know, roguish and whatever, mm-hmm. take extra risks and stuff, whatever fiddly fiddle faddling with the we can program into doing what we want as good soldier stuff. But what they wanted to do was stick a bunch of action heroes together and make, a, and make a, an Expendables in the Clone Wars world, right? we got the bandana mm-hmm. with the mullet and we've got the yeah we guy got billy and, and... <laughs> yeah we got everybody i mean it's straight up action 80s action movie stuff and that's fine but we saw in the clone wars especially the the way that the clones would personalize their looks and make them mm-hmm. you know more creative and with tattoos and with affectation and everything as well as as demeanor and i think that it would have been more successful at least i went in Thinking it would be more successful if they were all physiologically looking like the same clone, but they had these different strengths and personalities, and they were just those guys that went there, right? That said, mm-hmm. that's how I felt coming off of the original arc, um, which I really liked. Really like. arc, okay. It just bothered me. That part of it just kept bothering me. Every time I look at them, I'm irritated. But once this episode started within about three minutes in, I was like, that's fine. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I think that especially with this being like a full series, I think the conceit of them all looking identical except for some tattoos or something like that would have made this less enjoyable to watch in a lot of ways. They have less besides their armor. They would have less distinct otherness to them, which is something they really leaned into showing them come back into the barracks and how mm-hmm. do, not only do they not look at like everybody else and they don't behave like everybody else in terms of they're just March, 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 but also the, the fact that they were derided by the regulars, right? Yeah. They're put, yeah. they're, they're turning their nose up on the regs, but the regs are, are giving attitude that they're the rejects, which right. parallels what was that other clone group that, um, in the clone wars, uh, you know, remember the the, the older guy, uh, the one that was all yeah. severely physically deformed. Yeah, the um, gosh, I can't remember his name. Those guys, right? Yeah, they those were treated guys. the same way. Yeah. The, they've shown yeah. that the clone troopers tended to be very aggressively um, uh, belligerent towards what they saw as inferior versions of them, mm-hmm. of themselves. Yeah. So that part starts to feed more into them looking different, even though. When you look at them, their exploits were known in the ranks. Like, wow, those guys mm-hmm. came in. But also, I would expect that they would be, like, irritated. And we saw a little bit of that in this opening sequence where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, these guys, oh, you're going to come save the day. And they sh- right. and they certainly rubbed, the, rubbed, their, rubbed their faces in it, right? Like, you're going to come mm-hmm. on out now. We just did all the dirty work. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that there was that sort of competition in the same way as we see in the current armed forces, the, the mm-hmm. attitude about special forces versus not. But you don't see the begrudging respect that I keep expecting to see. We saw that in the Clone Wars where the clone troopers would be irritated that the Jedi, who are not trained as generals, were giving them orders, but then they followed them. And every once in a while, you'd see the Jedi saying, or the clone troopers being like, okay, actually, I really respect you, especially with some of the main protagonists. Uh, Yeah. You don't see a whole lot of that here. But anyway, so Bad Batch opening so do you want to kind of go through how the the main beats of the story or you just kind of want to bounce around about different aspects of it that we liked or what do you want to do um i think we could just bounce around honestly i don't think we're real good at staying streamlined when it comes to re- reciting plot anyway i didn't say streamlined <laughs> did I? Um, um, so what about the characters what do you think about well, these characters I've, I've never been a huge fan of wrecker i think he's really over the top um, right. and, you know, like, I guess it's to be expected when you're the, the big, strong, goofy one, but I've never really liked him that much, but I, I liked, I liked him more in this them. one. I did I too. I liked him more yeah. in this one. What I liked was less of the, I'm going to, you know, the, you know, I'm feeding on the, on the, let's have more fighting and whatever else that's really tired. But what I liked was his, um, his the real thorn he had about being told that he was um that there was a defect in him, even as yeah. they're all clearly yeah. defects, the fact that he was saying, Oh, we didn't get the order because we're you know w- you know we mutated beyond where the chip would support it, and his reaction constantly being uh triggered by that was the most interesting mm-hmm. thing that he was doing to me, yeah, yeah, I like that quite a bit uh one other quick thing it's it it's extremely uh inside baseball but one of the things i like about wrecker is his helmet has he's got that rounded helmet and it's got the skull painted on it and if you recall mm-hmm. there's a character in my post-human world uh providence right yeah sold to can the the super soldier that was sold to canada and it's just a loose unit <laughs> you know and he's yeah. you know, has that same vibe but but yeah. i not written or imagined as being goofy like that but the same yeah. sort of overall creepy effect of the skull painted on the helmet whichever they really like. Yeah, anyway. yeah very what similar look. <laughs> yeah. What else? Um, I, th- I feel like Echo was a little underused because he was one of my favorites. I I liked his pathos and the fact that he wasn't one of the bad batches. Mm-hmm. And I think that and he's a zombie basically which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And I-, I feel like I'm hoping to develop him a little more because I liked him as a character in the original cartoons and mm-hmm. I'd like to see where they go with him with this i, I th- yeah i i'm another thing i really hate is his uh his his um i forget what they call that tool that they use to connect with the, things the robot thing that he yeah, also uses yeah. a drill apparently yeah there there's a term in like we even figured out i think we talked about this some years ago that it was we were we are drawing Star Wars characters for something, and we we're always like, "Why are they always carrying the, the fat Sharpies?" Right? And then we yeah, found, and Then we yeah. figured out later that and it maybe been a retcon, but it was the that's that stupid little key yeah, the for data accessing key data thing. terminals. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I just struggle, especially when you have the ability to be um, modded with anything that is that you can. Why you would have this? Why not have that? Right. Right. It's classic. Right. Classic, right. Uh, yeah yeah swiss army style and have a blaster and uh yeah but honestly anyway, i'd love it if he yeah. can switch it out uh trap jaw style and like put a <laughs> claw on it or put the hook on or something like that i'd be all Maybe over that the... like he's got a belt with different hands hanging off of it i got it so this is that this is that toy <laughs> yeah, part that, that you posted on uh Posted online uh, yesterday that weird shield you found. Maybe that's what that is. Nobody nobody knows what that is. Yeah, it's it's some mystery shield. (laughs) I tried to post sectars three times and it wouldn't post, and I gave up. So (laughs) anyway, I think sectars used shields, man. They had bugs. They didn't need shields. (laughs) That's right. So wrecker is the least interesting. No, not wrecker. Hunter is the least interesting physiologically because Mm -hmm. I didn't like Rambo the real thing. I don't like Rambo and granted he's more tra billy billy the tracker in effect yeah. maybe yeah. but but that whole it's the mullet is just killing me the mullet and the headband and stuff is just <laughs> lame i like the tattoo but i I'm like the tattoo less... a lot but yeah the the skull on the headband over the top of the skull tattoo is just a little too much. <laughs> it's like our friends with the Superman, the micro Superman shield logos in the costume. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, that that um, yeah that uh uh in design, that's recur- recursive design just freaks me out. But um, I freaked out, man. But um, but I will say though, even more so in their Clone Ar- Clone Wars arc, he's as a character he was much i mean we needed him as the moral compass and protagonist Mm -hmm. of this group and he played that role very well he was very convincing and easy for me to slide in and say okay he's the main he is the leader and he's the guy in the bad batch that that we're following and i thought that uh, i thought that was successful i really didn't like uh gizmo or whatever the fuck he's it what's his his name what his name is I was going to look him up but it, since D Bradley Baker does all of their voices it just says the bad batch. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. So well, he, he really irritated me in the original Clone Wars uh, arc because I get that like even GI Joe played with this. I appreciate the fact that even in even within special units within the arm, traditional armed forces you have specialists, right? And yeah. and, and 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 you know uh, having not served in the military we only see a a small amount of that but i mean we've seen certainly in other media and stuff from the from the years past that like the communications guys carrying the bag the big backpack with all the extra shit and then the heavy weapons guys carrying this i mean this is the bare bones basics by which gi joe was created uh yeah, exactly but it was really on the nose that gizmo or whatever the hell his name is was like you this know his name tech of course that's even yeah. better tech <laughs> is wearing he's wearing like a like a a gonk droid-sized, uh, you know, uh, you know, bargain-basement PC on his back, and then he's got nerd glasses, and he's really, like, a little <laughs> bit on this, maybe a little, like, oh, you know. And yet, in this one, once again, they made some tweaks, and it was more, he was more enjoyable. He yeah. was a matter of, he was all, he was know-it-all, but he mm-hmm. was more enjoyable about it. Yeah, they he made more like her a lot better in this, I think. Yeah, it was like it was less that he was turning his nose up or being – or like less that he was really a weird, odd duck. It was more like he was just, just – like he's taking it for granted that these guys are not – they're going to take a while to catch up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But without attitude. So he was a lot more enjoyable to deal with. And I will say that he does look better when his helmet's on. That way. I agree. He takes his helmet off and he's got micro yeah. goggles. Yeah. Big goggles um it's got like three layers of goggles and yeah yeah. and then of course there's and then there's crossfire right who's -hmm. who's an archetype uh i didn't go into this expecting at all that there was going to be this order 66 uh, idea and that he was already aggressive they did a lot to plant it was a great idea for them to ground it in this as the starting point for the story and it was great Mm -hmm. that they captured with him that he was so much more rigid That he always was questioning his leader Which is an odd thing But at mm-hmm. the same time he was much more rigid about the concept Of being um, Dump the morality And just do what you're told So right. we've seen that trope before In other projects where the one mm-hmm. who says Do as you're told Is we do what we were told to do Because it's convenient because they are Sociopaths Because mm-hmm. um, he's, he's arguing with his Superior Right? right, constantly. Although <laughs> uh, maybe there's no rank there. Maybe 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 hunter maybe hunter is not <laughs> actually ranked above him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure on that. I'm not too privy to their ranking system. <laughs> but I like him. I like the way he. I like the way he looks. I mm-hmm. like the way they built him up in this. I like that he got knocked out by Caleb, and mm-hmm. then I the show took the time to do those silent beats that are so Mm -hmm. successful him going at the cliff and looking across and looking down and looking across yeah that stuff was so good and then him not letting go of it just keeps yeah you could just see it bothered him the entire time i love that little touch and and i thought it was super dope that when they did turn him that he came out, he just scrubbed down in black and it was almost like he's the first Death Trooper, right? Like it's yeah, really cool. Yeah. But what I especially love is he has the best of all of the clone trooper helmets to begin with. So yes, now he, he does. has it in black, right? Yeah. That is the dopest <laughs> that is the dopest helmet that they've ever designed for clone troopers as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, neat. Although yeah. they had to play around from with the narrative in order to tell the story that I mean this guy was shooting daggers into into uh Robots, eyeballs, and and doing all this incredible stuff, picking people off and doing so great. But then when he has to take out the bad batch, he wasn't. Yeah, they're effective. like like three hundred feet apart, and he can't hit any of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, what did you think about yeah, the I... that... Yeah. Well, go ahead. More about more about him. No, I I I really like how they changed him and kind of made him the antagonist. I think that's going to be really interesting. I don't think it's going to stick. Because I think mm. that the story is gonna to be too I think that's too easy. I mean, maybe they will. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling yeah. that they're going to take the approach that he was one of them and, and that he is clear that it's clearly the chip. Is it the chip or not? And it becomes mm-hmm. one of those uh you know, a variation on the whole thing nature nurture, right? Yeah. Is that I hope really that's is that case. really who he is? Yeah. You know? yeah, I would love it if it's them trying to save him not him just being the big bad for the rest of the time i'd like i'd really like that now i don't mind the other on the other hand i don't mind if he's he becomes the main one pursuing them because we have that can also be fun too when Mm -hmm. one that someone that was one of you has turned and is now or things there's been a divide and now the one that knows you so well is the one hunting you um particularly as a sniper Mm -hmm. i mean that's perfectly reasonable if that's what they do. Yeah. They really have to lean into it, and they did that also in. Uh, it's in Rebels, and then in the comics too. The Inquisit not the in- yeah the Inquisitors are former. They were they were either Force sensitive or in many cases they were people associated with the Jedi that were turned right. So like okay. the main the Grand Inquisitor with the lines on his face is mm-hmm. one of the he's one of the Jedi Temple guards that you saw in Clone Wars, I think it was, right? Where he's in white armor and he's holding a staff or a javelin,
2: yeah, space javelin, whatever it is. (laughs) So,
0: you know, there's definitely something to, and certainly uh, Darth Vader is the biggest and best example of what happens when one of your own turns on you and knows all your your secrets. (laughs) So there's that. Um, So what did you think about the fact that they not only set this on the days, you know, the moments before Order 66, which is rad, but also that they set it with Caleb and as the Padawan and uh, whoever Jedi it was. You mean Caleb. Okay. Caleb. Caleb. Yeah. I'm Caleb. I'm 12. He tried. He tried. They auto-tuned it up a little and bit. And I appreciate that they got him back to do it, too. I liked it. I, I think it was a really smart move to tie both of the series together like that. I thought that was really cool. I mean, not that they didn't already do that with Rex and whatnot, but. But I mean, that's the, I mean, you know, I love that kind of, that's the kind of threading I like more than everybody yeah. has a, per- everybody's destined to intersect with everybody. I like, right. you know, that shoe stepped on that surface, which was this affected by that person. And that's the kind of thing I like. And so yeah. the idea yeah, that I that was a that. young Canon Jarrus was great for me. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're done with that. Now, what did you think about. I'll be about- curious to see. Yeah. Now what did you think about this whole introduction of Omega uh, Mm. and their role in this story so far? I haven't decided yet. I really, I appreciate that they made it so obvious that she's a clone and that she's, she has some of the features of them, but still looks a little different. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I really liked the way they handled her watching Hunter and the others and, like, copying the moves and, like, seeing what they were doing yeah. as they were doing it. I They did that really nicely. It was really subtle. Again, it was one of those things that, in animation, they don't usually do something that subtle that well. Um, I don't know how I feel about the, them bringing another Grogu on to be the the cute sidekick that... Does things yeah. throughout the season. I'm I'm hoping that that's not how that plays out, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think she's cute enough for a Grogu, but I know what you mean. I yeah. I, I, I think I reacted more to the fact that it's that there was a uh, an imbalance that they were trying to save a young Padawan at the beginning of the episode, and then they're taking on a young similarly aged clone, he's mm-hmm. a uh, refugee. In the rest of the episode, I think that if they had had one or the other only, it would have been more effective. To have yeah. two kids in two sides of the same story, um, Didn't feel, like, tonally didn't feel right to me. Uh, to me, mm-hmm. that seemed like something that could have been done differently. Um, or they but... could have tied it together and made Hunter more likely to save her because Kanan, he couldn't save Kanan, Kanan got away kind of thing. If right, they did something right. more along that line, I think it would have it would have meshed with the story a little better, but right. Right. Yeah. Flash to Flashback yeah. to Caleb. No, going off the cliff. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. But, but <laughs> I liked as a big fan of, of, uh, of people from New Zealand and the New Zealand accent and everything. I just kind of, I love that sound. So I yeah. was stoked that they got another, another uh, person doing, doing the accent. And mm-hmm. um, I liked that they're, they're broadcasting that she is some sort of, uh, she's like uh taskmaster autodidact, right? That's what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. She's memorizing. Yeah. So you saw her sitting in the pilot seat, and she wasn't just looking at the stars. Hunter was like never seen him, right? And she's like, yeah, but she was also looking at the controls, watching the hands, so,
1: and yeah, yep.
0: And and I have it in my notes too that I was gonna reference. I mean, one of my favorite things in the entire episode is when they were moving, going through the corridor, and they're doing all their secret hand moves and stuff to communicate silently. And she's like. And she was exactly the yeah. hunter. Yeah, I right? love that. that. I thought that amazing. was such a cool little touch. Yeah, but I did like yeah, that I... she was very. Yeah, I, I like that she was with the Caminoans and being very mm-hmm. docile, just looking like one of your endless numbers of of, of uh, average people. And they right. were spotting that there was something about her that was different. That they recognized one of their own, not only as a clone, yeah. but as a clone that's not physiologically normal because clearly right. she's not um so i like that i like that they yeah. instantly like no we're taking her with us because she's one of us mm-hmm. i actually didn't feel i didn't feel that was contrived that they no. were like no, no we're gonna take that her I like she's that. it makes sense us. yeah having yeah. only met her once and they escaped and then they went back i mean to me it it fit the story of how those guys operate mm-hmm. yeah i agree um, so i like that a lot
1: yeah yeah
0: they yeah. did anoth- another cool thing, which was that the training the 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 droids that were used in the training arena that was turned onto live fire. Um, I feel like they said live rounds, which irritated me because they're not firing. Rounds. <laughs> but regardless, <laughs> the designers, you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. But th- the designers, <laughs> there was a really neat um, aesthetic choice, which was to make the make those droids a great hot, uh, bridge point in design between the b2 battle droid that we've mm-hmm. seen in the mandalorian and we've seen in clone war you know and that's what that is and then <laughs> uh the the dark troopers that were in yeah. the games and finally revealed in mandalorian right yeah they have a they're a they look like an evolutionary step between those two things yeah, which is interesting because the Dark Troopers felt like too much of a jump from anything in the droid armies before them in terms of the way yeah, that they were. Yeah, no, I get that. So anyway, I like that too. Uh, what did you think about uh, Tarkin being the like? I, I mean, just maybe broader the whole we use we see in this one episode the 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 bureaucratic transition of the Empire Mm -hmm. from within the military's perspective of how that would happen. you know that's the stuff I love is this this connective tissue of how we could get from here to there in a relatively short period. Wanting to see how people within the Empire are accepting their new environment. Where they get from clone to conscripts. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting how they covered that. And it made sense because Tarkin's always been very anti-clone even in the the backstory of the cartoons and everything and the way they did that not only are the clones more expensive than just conscripting farm boys but he has that like inherent hatred of them as well i thought they i I thought i really liked how they did that well and there's this that racism kind of thing that going on about the about the Clones that you see that's also that they play up heavily in the post-Clone Wars response to droids, mm-hmm. you know, this otherness. And they, the fact that the Empire weeds out most of, at least in primary canon, weeds out most of the non-human Humanoid. races yeah. in positions of power within. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thrawn is an obvious example. They're bringing that in because he was popular in the books. Right. But that's an after thought that was folded in and retconned in right by by and large it's all nazis it's british yeah. nazis right and yeah so i should i yeah, guess you don't should see say a, one of the the hammerhead yeah. nazis in a, a stormtrooper outfit but i want to <laughs> badly i mean that um, would be amazing we've seen <laughs> plenty of it perched up here oh yeah we've seen plenty of species particularly in like we've seen it in rebels and we've seen it in in some of the other projects where we've seen other species that are happily working along with the empire mm-hmm. um working in those facilities not just slaves but more more so we've seen them as slaves or yeah. as regular people that are you know now being forced to feed the army and yeah fuel the army yeah. and, you know now yeah. i liked uh i like that he's coming in with, under the pretense of of uh inspection with
2: mm-hmm. the intent
0: to dismantle and i like that he was engineering an opportunity to have an excuse to not only uh, like they're implying, I think at least that his manipulation of the Bad Batch will be used mm-hmm. against clones in general. Right? Yeah. Clones can't yeah. be trusted. Well, right? and I think that that was kind of my impression on it was he was, he was like, well, this is either going to show that they're not competent and that there's faulty ones and that they're not worthwhile in that respect. Or they're going to show that they can't follow orders and they're untrustworthy. And I think that either way it was going to pan out the way Tarkin wanted it to be for his narrative. Well, and then in he's manipulating that perspective because the, the Kaminoan chancellor or prime minister, whatever was saying, right to him It's like, well, look, these guys are defects, but they're actually, and they don't always follow orders to the letter, but they have incredible, uh, uh, success rates in their missions they're mm-hmm. very very effective tools they are a special unit that has yeah. its value even as the the majority of the clone army their value is in following orders and being reliable he's 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 using the excuse he's finding opportunities to to dismantle that argument that sidestep how power how useful they can really be because he doesn't want them to be useful he doesn't see right. the need for precision tools that are not that are not uh Uh, easy to follow rules yeah right and the whole thing about the con i think you know you got the the time you have to wait for a clone to be matured and all the money that Mm -hmm. goes into that but also i think his idea of conscript army goes along with that general level of racism and and fascism 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 that we see in the empire in the first place that Mm -hmm. to conscript an army like in history we could there were conscription there was the the conscript army, not because we needed soldiers. We needed it was Canada's because to Potter. keep anybody that could resist <laughs> and put them in. Control, yeah. Right. Yeah. Take all the able-bodied men and put them in there. You know, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Undermining and and subjugating people by conscripting them, and so I thought that was his. You know, I think that's his main push for that. But mm-hmm. I like that they're using this this series to really flesh out specific specific window of this continuity that i really want to see more of so i'm still yeah with that. yeah me too i love that part of it like this is the aspect of it that now that we're done with the clone wars and what the clone wars were it's this weird transitionary period that i'm really interested in how so much of it plays out i i'm actually pretty pumped about seeing what they do with this series i thought it was going to be another you know dudes on the run story and it may mm-hmm. be yeah, but I liked that in this first episode they folded right back into going back to base and dealing with this stuff and uh and and I and I was not expecting it. I thought after mm-hmm. the events of that that you know on that planet when the order was given that they were going to be like, well, that's not good. Something's up. Right. And we're we're gonna bone out. And they didn't. Right. They went home. And I thought that was really uh, an interesting choice for the story. I also think that they did a good job of reminding us through the kinds of comments that they would make Mm -hmm. that they always felt like the regs were too tight and Mm -hmm. too um too rigid and and um, because they didn't have that sort of free-thinking behavior uh before they knew about chips they just saw them as like in the clone wars many clones that you followed as protagonists would routinely talk about how we were trained to do this. We were grown to do this. We have mm-hmm. been programmed to do this. They even know that they've been programmed and conditioned. They just don't about right. a, a, a secret chip. But the inhibitor, they knew, yeah. They knew that this was their job, and you always had that really great dynamic in some of those episodes where they would say, no, this is what we're supposed to. This is our purpose. And then mm-hmm. others saying, but is it? Like, Yeah. That all that whole thing is great. So then to see these guys looking at all the regs and say, like, you know, they're our brothers, but they're really, you know, it's like they're the defects mm-hmm. to the batch. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Because when they go back and they're kind of probing them to see what the reality is of the Order 66 and try to figure out what's changed. Mm-hmm. They're like, there was a joke that one of them, he says, hey, what's something or other He was like, ah, yeah, yeah, just, you know, out of my way. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, they seem the same to me. And I thought that yeah. that was kind of a cool nut, uh, nod to the fact that they thought they were as square as hell to begin with. but Yeah, um, yeah anyway i don't know i thought that was i thought they executed it very well i do too yeah i think they folded in things like i mean there's definitely aspects of the clone wars series Mm -hmm. that expanded beyond what we saw in the movies with new planets and different environments with its strengths and weaknesses in that domain Mm -hmm. but i thought this was really this one did a really good job of showing us familiar imagery and settings planets Mm -hmm. Like Camino, where it feels right, like it's just it's so it's right on model, yeah, between the movies yeah. to the previous cartoons to this, you feel like you're right back into the story and and it feels very comfortable, whereas some mm-hmm. of those clone War episodes, particularly the earlier seasons where the budget the maybe the animation wasn't like they just weren't, weren't there yet, some of mm-hmm. those planets looked really like now it's you know like. Yeah, a yeah, game like from the '80s or something. You know, like it's a like, oh, flat field right. with a couple of spikes and a different colored <laughs> yeah. sky or something. Yeah, there's cones <laughs> instead of trees or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and and the trees have tentacles, and that's the that's the alienness of it. Well, um, the other thing is, you know, I what I really loved as Clone Wars evolved in its animation style was the leaning heavily into the painterly look to the material mapping, right? Yeah, and in, the, in that sixth season or whatever that they came out with they really stepped it up a ma- a huge notch and i was like mm-hmm. just loving it the detail yeah it's another step forward this was made it right after so that good. and it's already even better yeah yeah all of the the texture and the like the grunge that they put into the character models and oh it looks so good and they they've really mastered that use of like angle and soft with texture over the top of it that it just looks so good in this season like i paused it a couple of times just to look at the details that they put in the faces and stuff on it i just i love that instead of modeling out every wrinkle on someone's face they would just paint a wrinkle in there and i think it really affect it was effective for me (laughs) um i do have a one problem that reminds me of sometimes when i would look at david Mack's work which is Mm -hmm. also extremely mixed media and textured and stuff I have trouble deciding what is intended to look like um a texture and what's mm-hmm. intended to be a hard line but is being uh rendered through this style and a good example of that is the uh uh what's uh Coruscant. the Kurasan based troopers I can't remember oh, yeah. what they're called yeah. shock um, troopers shock troopers, troopers art yeah. troopers whatever I I yeah. was I don't know my clones well enough to the know tru- what I'm talking tru- about. Troopers or something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> the they're the ones with the red and that mm-hmm. was the first sign that something was up. It's like, why are these guys here instead of these are the guard in Coruscant? Why are they Yeah. These aren't the these aren't the Republic Guard, which are the ones in blue, but these mm-hmm. are the clone trooper garrison from Cor- Cor- Coruscant, Coruscant. And why yeah. why are they, you know, why are they here? So they have red chest plates red stripes on their helmets we have seen a lot of examples of where certain units had personalization in mm-hmm. units had color applied and this was allowed within the regulations which was unusual a wartime yeah. allowance which is all right. once again sort of like uh, data or, or no what's his name tech with his tech. big backpack these are <laughs> these are uh, vietnam war references right right the right the nose cone art, but it's on they, the helmet mm-hmm. yeah, yeah right or like you know yeah. they, they got the marks on their you know the the kills on their helmets and the paint yeah. on and all that stuff but in a non-wartime environment especially in a fascist structure like the empire's forming becoming um personalization of armor is not a thing right and we know very right. quickly it will never be a thing right because mm-hmm. you move into something very codified with the stormtroopers but right even so when they when they're walking around you couldn't tell whether the i mean the painterly nature of it made it look like someone had smeared the red paint on it didn't mm, have a uniform I see what color you mean. yeah it didn't it yeah. didn't have the color of a like a fully painted surface it had a mm-hmm. loosely painted surface color to it similar right. to when um Ahsoka tano got her own unit and mm-hmm. they, they she they they showed up with hand painted yeah light. but i think that they're not intending to do that i think that those are supposed to be the official colors on the armor right but the but the, the rendering style is making it look um, more homegrown than it needs to be mm-hmm. so that's a, that's a weird thing but um because even within the context of this style of animation they can make beautiful hard line mm-hmm. distinct designs think of my favorite one of my favorite clone army separatist army droids right that general model that has oh all yeah. Of the baroque patterning on him. Yeah. You know, oh, he like, looks so cool. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's very distinct. It certainly doesn't look good. Yeah. So anyway, um, I have some notes. Do you want me to throw that up here? Unless you have some other things you're thinking. You always of. have notes.
1: No. Have notes, um, notes.
0: I The only other thing I want to talk about is I'm curious who they're going to see. Oh yes, the friend. Well, wait, we didn't. You know, we yeah. didn't talk about Sawaguerera. This is the third time they've. Oh used yeah, Saw. that's true. Fourth time. Four time they've used at least song, yeah right he, and it' looked yet pretty another, studly this time around <laughs> a neat age window and it mm-hmm. was a cool um it was a cool speech cool mm-hmm. speech dude um yeah yeah and, and then i'm out <laughs> and it was a cool and it was a cool gambit of his to be like here's your gun mm-hmm. back and this is what we're doing and you know like directly appealing to them and saying not know anything about order 66 right because it's a huge mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. in locking this in is that programming not only to kill the the implication is order 66 was without question kill the jedi who you right. were previously completely devoted or following the orders of or respected but also doubling down on the order following right right that's implied right. in it mm-hmm. so saw referencing to them as saying hey we're all we're you're the military we're the civilians or we were former res, we were former republic Soldiers as well as civilians, but this is not what we were, and we've been mutated. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's been pulled out from under us. That appeal to him is direct to Hunter. It's a unique situation because those are the only clones even who could possibly grasp that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. I I really like that. So, I love crosshairs helmet. That's what I wrote. I Mm -hmm. don't need the crosshair logo on the Yeah the helmet. the scarring But I like the on his yeah <laughs> yeah but I like the helmet. Um so another one of my feature favorite droids uh appeared which was of course the Imperial probe droid. Ah uh, yes. Was, I love the probe droid. Right. New enough new enough to them that it was like it had to be identified, right? Because that was new, yeah. right? So text yeah. So Tex like that's a that's a probe droid and they're like, oh really? It was I've one never of, seen one of those. One of those, maybe. Ooh, that looks so So, cool. How many pieces is that set? Well, it's, you know, it's like a $50 or $60 set. So it's, and it's Star Wars franchise. About $130. Yeah. Yeah. It's 683 pieces. That's not too bad. No, I would say a a little pieces. Maybe 15, 20% of it is the snowy base. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) uh, Okay. So anyway, I was super stoked to have a probe droid, and I loved how they used it. Lurking, yeah, I love probe droids <laughs> because that's what I loved about the original one, right? It's like area, and, and that yeah, sound just, and everything, it's just, yeah. yeah, they're so great. <laughs> um, so, I had i had written down here that I liked that they tied in with canon and saw Guerrero, which is great. Um, Omega mimicking hunter's hand signals, yeah. Um, I liked crosshairs when he was blacked out. There's two other things I really like, two subtle design things. Um, in the last scene. As they're taking off, and Omega's in the pile in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. As they go to uh, go to uh, uh, light speed, or was it warp speed? What did, no, not warp speed. It's um, jumping to <laughs> hyperspace. 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 <laughs> I can't even with my. It's like, jeez, am I? man. Like, <laughs> You're the like, biggest Star Wars nerd I know, and you can't remember what kind of speed they fly in. <laughs> I feel like the guy that's got the. Enterprise shirt and it says Millennium Falcon on it, right? Like I just, yeah, really. I'm not doing it on purpose. Um, hyperspeed, light speed, hyperspace, hyperspace. Hypers- Jesus, I'm an old man, things happen Make when you it result, jump to hyperspace. I, when you've lived as many lifetimes as I've had, Chris. Um, so anyway, when eight hundred high- years old, you reach. <laughs> well, unfortunately, every year older at a certain point becomes exponential. So at this point, I'm mm-hmm. like, is it time for my mush? Uh, so when they jump to hyper, hyperspace, uh, you see the stars, the one point perspective of the star pattern in her eyes, Yeah, which I thought was dope. Um, and the other thing I really liked, and this is subtle, but I caught it, I caught it after pausing something else. And then I started again and I was like, holy shit, when they have, they're breaking out of the prison. So, they've been mm-hmm. given those like black jumpers, the skin tight jumpers, and then put in prison. All their armor's missing. When they're marching along and she was doing the hand gestures, I realized that they all had these logos, right? But they were a mm-hmm. transitional logo. It's not the traditional empire logo. Oh, it oh, has interesting. too many fins to it. It just, it's more like a star mm-hmm. pattern. But it looks like the Imperial logo that we know, but it's not quite there. And that was always a thing that really huh. bothered me about um, other glimpses of the launch of the empire was you know even the nazis the third reich which mm-hmm. is this all pattern on they didn't just show up with with freshly printed banners and say here we are <laughs> right it was a marketing machine <laughs> they paid people they right. figured out this propaganda imagery they had designers working on this to come up with the scheme and then they developed it every new military arm and then every new military for governments bases mm-hmm. it off of some things they liked some design someone's making a decisions, and it's like right. I like that style and that style, and I like the way those guys looked, and remember the Prussians, and let's do that, <laughs> the Cossacks over there, and then they would kludge together what they wanted to look like, and then from there they would start to mutate it. And what I liked, right. in This case, so in the past it's been like the Order sixty six, the Empire, the Emperor shows up and says, "I was scarred from an assassination attempt." <laughs> right. Now we fuck things up, and every, and instantly it was like the banners <laughs> are down it's like Promph. Promph. yeah it's yeah. like until until rise <laughs> of skywalker i was just offended that the first order had been secretly printing all this shit all the banners <laughs> right. and stuff it was just and like, then it's like somewhere in a closet <laughs> well now i discovered that every single one of ten thousand fully planet killable star destroyers had its own print printing engine in it so that's how they were generating all the banners they're just like to the alpha graphics i mean that's exactly right (laughs) my first job alpha graphics well so (laughs) gotta rebrand baby yeah and so that's the thing for me so you know how i'm always complaining about how when they jump forward and pat forward or backwards in time in these continuity stories and then i don't feel like the design is either it's not convincing that it's far enough apart in time, but have Mm -hmm. evolutionary Mm -hmm. nods to make it look right. Like, so for example, when the prequels came out, I was like, well, I like things are shiny, Uh but in many cases they don't, they were okay. But then we've seen stuff since then that didn't, Mm -hmm. that wasn't convincing as being the 30 year bridge. It like was almost like it's too much, like things we're familiar with. Yeah, Um, I love Doug Chang, but there are some Mm -hmm. times when he's putting, Particularly when you see his concept work before things were executed, and you're like, "Wow, there's that's way familiar." Like yeah. you took the things and you stuck it over here, or you took the engines <laughs> over there, and that's ver- that's completely valid. That's what concept design's about. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it doesn't work, and we're seeing that in. Uh, I think my most recent complaint was the new, um, the the high the high republic, imagery, mm-hmm. and yeah. I complained about the tech. Actually, the stuff he drew for the mm-hmm. high republic and i t- and i complained about how it's just more of the same beige kimonos and it's mm-hmm. all the same shit it doesn't look like 1000 years or 300 years or anything
2: mm-hmm. it
0: just looks like more of the same well and i just saw that with the game of thrones stuff the uh Dance of yeah Dragons yeah the stuff. dry that looks like the same the exact same outfits as now in i it. even yeah. think it's the same wigs right so <laughs> and, and it certainly looks like you know Anyway, anyway, so, so, I love that they showed transitional design. We've seen this in little bits and pieces
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the last season of Clone Wars, little bits in Mandalorian, where you mm-hmm. see these weird, these hybridized or bits and pieces of things that are not quite in one era or the other, or things that are artifacts from earlier eras, like the Razor Crest. I like that stuff. Razor Crest was convincing as being a pre-imperial, but not yeah, yeah, but not like you know a Naboo starfighter right type of thing right. So I just love that these pat these designs were almost there but not quite baked. Was yeah, that was like that was one of the best examples that they did in Rebels was how the Satine's Phoenix became. The rebel symbol, like that, yes, yes, yes over the seasons. Of that was it was subtle. It was really well done, and it became a symbol that they right. turned into something. And I think that was such a perfect example of how to do that type of evolution of something like that. Well, Rebels did a really good job also of showing the, uh. Showing the slow mutation towards a simplified set of armors and uniforms that the imp- the empire would use yeah so especially early on you saw like examples of how the what we would then what we would later associate with or retconning it's retconning but what we associate with the uh speeder bike trooper helmet right mm-hmm. these are just speeder bike guys right? right And now you start to see that helmet we saw that in clone wars they started to sprinkle things in and show these nods to other design bits and some Whole units of clones started having proto stormtrooper helmets for some reason. Yeah, never explained why. Slightly different designs. I love that. I love that there are so many different. And you know, I had to draw a lot of them in that one piece uh, (laughs) that I did. It's like it's neat to me. All those variations. Rebels was good about that. You saw Mm -hmm. like um, you even saw guys on speeder bikes that didn't. They were half and half. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They looked a little off, a little chunkier. Yeah. Yeah, Rebels was great about that. That they it really, really saw a world that was transitioning in over decades into what we saw in New Hope. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great. Yeah, that might be so, one of the things I'm most excited about with the Bad Batch is that unlike Rebels and Clone Wars, there's not two seasons of kiddie shows to sit through before it gets really good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, I'm hoping it stays dark and urgent the entire day. Yeah. I, I, I hope it's serious the whole time. I think it uh, will be. I don't think there's any room for a droid episode at this rate. Oh, you know, like... <laughs> uh, It's just that medic droid the entire episode. Just, I'm being helpful. I hated that guy. That's Thanks for bringing that up because I immediately wanted to nope right out of that. I was looking for the key commands. I was like, get that fucker out of here. It's like when they decide to throw... It's like when they throw Star Tours guy into things. Like, Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Get him out of here. Yeah. No one liked that. They didn't like it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's the controls. You know, Whatever, just... Did you see the stuff that someone posted? Like, goddamn it, what was it? There was some weird out of context stuff about the river droid in the Mandalorian, the 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 mm-hmm. uh, the the astromech that had been purpose modified oh, yeah. to be a river sticks droid, and then they they took it out of context and showed it what it looked like outside of the boat, and it's like horrifying. <laughs> it's like the K two K two S O problem magnified a <laughs> thousand. <laughs> like <"Wr-r-r-r-r-r-r-r-r." laughs> yeah, yeah that's funny yeah. it's that creep it's that creepy alien from uh close encounters that always bothered yeah. me as a kid the one under the doors you know the right. one who's purposely genetically modified to open giant hangar bay doors yeah yeah exactly that freaked me out as a kid man oh i hated that guy and with all that backlight too it was just so mm-hmm. like oh, he's gonna come and eat my sp- spleen or something <laughs>
1: So where a, a do you think they're assumption.
0: headed? Well, yeah, obviously, oh, yeah. So aliens the, are well known for their spleen hunger. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's clear. It's the and the closest, closest, fastest way to a spleen is through the ass. I mean that's how that works, right? Well, yeah, Pretty clearly sure. it's not. It's a really long pathway. When you think about it, so how long your arm is? <laughs> well, oh god, I was thinking the intestines, but you're right. You're right. Um. So let's see who is who's the secret friend. So I I'm, I'm secretly yeah. hoping it's Hondo because I get a lot of delight out of Hondo. He's just such yeah. a great character. I don't know and if they brought bring him, him into in. Galaxy's Edge, right? So he's they there. Did. Yeah. yeah. He's such it would be absolutely maddening if they didn't. Yeah, he's Include so perfect. him in more projects because he's Yeah. Just, he's a huge standout character from the from all of the um animated stuff. So let's yeah. see. I don't think that we, I don't recall from the Clone Wars season that we saw any other unique characters that they've encountered, right? So this is going to be all... See, that's what I was trying to figure out. It's been a while since I've watched like, I don't retain that kind of stuff that well as to who like, the Bad Batch would have met versus somebody else and it's totally possible that they're just like oh, we're going to go see Ahsoka Tano because we can, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I don't 'Cause it wouldn't I assume it would be another clone of some sort. Yeah. So it's gotta be something outside of that field, and it's probably not a Jedi because of that. So Yeah, I was thinking that it was going to be something related to uh to Echo's experiences. So there mm-hmm. was gonna be something along those lines. I was sitting there watching him talk in the ridiculous and we talked about not wanting to sit through a bunch of kitty episodes, but then we'll think about we're gonna block them while he bashes the door yeah. bashes the wall. Doesn't really matter, right? I can handle it. <laughs> um if but I was admiring how much they made Echo's mod's proto lobot. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, he totally has the lobot this thing. Sudden yeah. Sudden reason to have this like the computer on your head. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think it would be interesting if it if it kinda goes that direction that it's either someone that he knew or someone related to something separatist-y, I think interesting. It's be, but I don't know. I don't know what it I don't know. Right on. I don't know. <laughs> um I don't think it's gonna be Dexter Jetster. No. I hope it isn't. <laughs> um <laughs> it's Watto. <Ugh!
1: laughs> yeah. Oh
0: my god, Watto. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know it would be interesting to see I'm trying to think if there's anyone from continuity that would be a fun something fun for them to pull together and kind of I mean I'm sure they could right. probably like go see Rex or something but it feels a little too on the nose to bring Rex back in another one like that um, well, especially because they've really not shown any that they would even know who he was or anything yeah clearly yeah. they're gonna go to Tatooine though because mm-hmm. well all Star to. Wars yeah. goes to Tatooine <laughs> or Dantooine or, or another Dantooine. planet that looks like Tatooine. If you're. Yeah. Abram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's interesting. I wonder. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I guess we'll find out soon. It's what is it tomorrow? <laughs> you're right. That's I did. Technically it's in like 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, dig. So did this. I did not know. I thought it was going to be half hour episodes again. So I had no idea about that runtime. So when it was going and going, I was like, yeah. This yeah. Is yeah. Go. Right. Right? Yeah, I don't know how uh, long the other ones are going to be. If they're all going to be that long too, yeah. I'm totally okay with that if that's the case. Yeah, But yeah, i that's one of the things with the Disney ones is they're so all over the place on length, which I'm okay yeah. with, but it's also a little frustrating. Well, I don't know. To me, I mean, I i want everything to be hour episodes or 45 minutes right. or more. So uh, WandaVision was distinctly short to me. Like every episode was frustrating. Yeah, hours, so yeah those first few I- especially And I got that there was this, like, lining up with sitcom episode lengths. Mm -hmm. But I thought there would be a natural – I remember thinking at the time that, oh, as we evolve, we're going to go into longer and longer format. And they did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think one of them was slightly longer, and that was it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought that was really exciting that we just got so much more out of one episode than I thought that we were going to get. So the story kept on going. What I really want is so this is an aside that I'm going to pull right out of our future or at the time of this recording that has not yet occurred. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier commentary but mm, yes. Um, Russell who plays Cap and US agent. Mm-hmm. Everybody's all excited about how much he looks like his father Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. And how oh he should play a new snake. They've just been putting an eye patch over him on Twitter and saying like obviously. Okay. But I want him to be the ISB guy that turns and rebels and becomes the first fulcrum. Oh, okay. I'd be that down with guy. That. I really like that guy. And I okay. really would love, I saw him as that guy. As soon as he came on screen, I'm like, Oh, ah, that's him. Yeah. I so, can see that. Anyway, there's no, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know who they're going to go see, but I, so here's the thing. Do we think that this is going to be a story of the bad batch trying to re, um, save crossfire do we think it's going to be a story of the bad batch connecting up with nascent or emerging rebels um and going that route and but but that's sort of what they did with rex so i'm kind of yeah. wondering like where does this go i don't feel like they're going to go straight neutral like we don't have a right. side in this right and they've already sort of connected clone wars and rebels and the bad batch wasn't mentioned anywhere during that series Right. I don't know. That's a good question. I have no idea. I, I I was I was brainstorming that a little bit, and I thought maybe maybe they do something that helps, uh, kill the chip, so that mm. the. I mean, the clones' loyalty to their leaders, mm-hmm. the military, their 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 devotion to the structure that they're following, having just transitioned to a new government and they're just playing right along, it's emphasized by the chip. Mm -hmm. But they still had it. So just deactivating the chip doesn't automatically make a clone trooper... um, A rebel. A rebel. Anything like that, yeah. But I wondered if there was something like, are the Bad Batch going to be leading to some sort of a clone uprising that will be crushed? Um, Because what you... I don't think they'll go that route, but one of the big missing Mm -hmm. links to me is... And we've talked about this before um in other forums but i never got the impression that clones became stormtroopers and then burned out and then were slowly replaced by conscripts my impression Mm -hmm. is that clones basically got dumped yeah no i started and i always said that that felt extremely frustratingly illogical because the empire has to cover a lot of surface area in a hurry and they right. need all the bodies they can get. And why the hell wouldn't they just expand? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they keep going, keep going with clones and conscript? Right, I mean, right. Other than the fact that this is entirely a retcon from one reference in one film, <laughs> right? It, it, your, your internal logic breaks down. And so I wondered mm-hmm. if there's this series, whether it's the Bad Batch directly, or their ability to keep striking and to not follow orders and to be such a fucking pain is what pushes Tarkin to give him everything he needed to completely decommission clones. I don't know, but something out in this, I think is going to have to be definitive about why the clones stopped being used by the empire. Party. I would maybe they won't really like it. Actually. If that's the story that they're telling is what happened to the clones between those. I think that would be a really cool story to tell. That would be I interesting. Think, I, I feel like those, um, uh, was rebels right where we saw Ahsoka Tano and Rex and not a Tano it was where like we saw Rex and them and they had a they had Oh like the the, the attack walker tank thing yeah, yeah. and they Yeah that was rebels where they went stud- and got him yeah the Studio Ghibli style yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. enclosure on top of it yeah um, they were twist amazing sand or something yeah 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 i feel like that there was some references i feel like they didn't they didn't really I felt like it was, they were just nudges, but they were talking as if it was sort of like, well, we were used. And then mm-hmm. when, we were, when they were done with us, they dumped us, and then they would look down on us ever since. Yeah. Did they have that kind of imagery in it? What they yeah, kind of... yeah like they were sort of hiding out, but also just sort of disgruntled that they got forced out kind of thing. So and, Yeah, and I wondered whether this is going to be something where the Empire then turns on the clones and kills them all. It could I'm be done with them because yeah. that's what they did with the droids, right? The separatist army mm-hmm. was completely just funded, shut them fabricated down, war. they just shut them off when they were done. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know, but then again, they use clone, they, they don't use battle droids, um, in the empire other than for training and stuff, but mm-hmm. but they certainly use a lot of droids still yeah. within their infrastructure as tools. True, I still don't understand why <laughs> you're not using clones as tools, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because use your people, clones Tom. for tools huh? <laughs> because they're people What <laughs> <laughs> are they am i a people am i not a people i'm not sure if you are i think you're a grumpy old man now but i, I was only following orders <laughs> so yes okay hunting hunter hunted by the sniper that's going to be fun yeah yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it and we we'll will have to talk it. about it soon I really enjoyed watching it and I was delighted when it ended in a way that sometimes, you know, on some of the stuff we've watched, you know, sometimes I'm like, I, I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, I was like, oh man, I, God, why the hell isn't there another episode for me to watch? Right. Yeah. This is definitely yeah. one of those projects where it's like, shit, I would have turned it on again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perhaps I would have done the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. For sure. for sure. All
2: right. right cool. on.
0: Well, the, 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 the jury's, at, the jury's out. Red tentacles all around. Indeed, (laughs) there are no black tentacles.